Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Since the beginning of our anniversary celebration, we have been talking about what it means to enjoy the lifelong anointing. One of the things that we said was that God is a very faithful God. In other words, when the Lord gives you a promise, the Lord does not change his mind. When he gives a blessing, he doesn't withdraw it just because you did what you did. The Lord Almighty is faithful. And the Bible makes us to understand the book of Romans chapter 11 verse 29. It said the gift and the calling of God are without repentance. In other words, he gives you, he does not change his mind. It's not a vindictive, angry, wicked God that always looking for an opportunity to deal with you. No. The gift and the calling of God are without repentance. If his calling are without repentance, the question now becomes, how does the people of God tap into that unfailing promise of the Almighty God? How do they enjoy the unfailing faithfulness of the Almighty God? How do they tap into this irrevocable, lifelong anointing that God is making available to his people under this commission? How do you enjoy it? And we have gone step by step to explain, to give an answer to how the people of God can access this lifelong anointing. In our first installment in this particular celebration series, we said that we can experience the lifelong anointing by going through what we call the Abel Mehola experience. And that is the experience of rebirth, the experience of salvation. And we said that unless you are born again, forget about the anointing of God. Because it doesn't make sense. You are not connected to him. Why would you be enjoying his anointing? So that's what we said. Uh, we must go through our own Abel Mehola experience if we are going to enjoy the lifelong anointing. Number two, we said that for you, apart from the salvation experience, there has to be the Gilgal experience. And what is the Gilgal experience? It is the experience of circumcision. The experience of purity. The experience of an inward change. It is not enough to say, I am born again. God must do an extra work inside your heart. The Adamic nature must be rooted out. And once that Adamic nature is rooted out, the person now becomes a circumcised, purified, sanctified person, set aside for the Almighty God. And we say, unless that happens in your life, you will find out that your work with the Almighty God will be intermittent. It will be inconsistent. You will be one step in, one step out. One day you will be on the mountaintop, the other day you will be in the valley because the flesh will be battling with you. Unless a second work of grace is completed in our hearts. And we said that you cannot enjoy the anointing unless that second work of grace, that sanctification has taken place in our heart. In our third installment, we shared the third experience required, the battle experience. And we said the battle experience is, is the experience of building effective altar, experience of prayer. All the patriarchs in scripture, all of them built an altar to the Almighty God. They called upon the name of the Almighty God. And we say that you as a believer, if you want to enjoy the anointing of the Almighty God, you must learn how to build effective altar. You must learn how to build functional altar. You must learn how to build a potent altar. An altar that is able to attract the presence of the Almighty God. 
an altar that the enemy cannot mess with, an altar that the devil cannot challenge. You must be able to build that altar if you want to enjoy the amazing anointing and the grace that God releases upon his people. And we said that until we go through the building process, building an effective, a functional, and a potent altar unto the Lord, until we go through our own battle experience, you will find out that the anointing will be a mirage. Because if you don't know how to pray, you cannot open the gates of heaven. And if you cannot open the gates of heaven, the anointing, the free flow of the power of God will be an illusion in the life of that individual. Number four, for you to enjoy the lifelong anointing, there has to be the Jericho experience. And the Jericho experience is simply the experience of warfare. You must learn how to fight. Fight spiritual warfare. The Bible says that the weapon of our warfare, they are not kind of what they are mighty. He said, but we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and powers, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That tells us that the devil is not going to allow you to have a hit-free life. There is always going to be a battle. And as a believer who wants to enjoy the blessings of God, you must learn to fight. I was talking to a friend, I think, about a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about the idea that as soon as you become a Christian, it's like you paint a target at your back. And he was wondering, say, why is it so? I said, look at it like this. You have a poultry farm. You have all the chicken in the poultry. The chicken are under fenced and they are caged. They can't go anywhere. So the chicken, that is the best thing that ever happened. They are free. They are having fun. And they think that the poultry farmer is a good friend because he comes in every day to give them food and water. They are not going anywhere. The chicken will find out that the poultry farmer is not his friend the day the chicken try to get out of the poultry. The day you try to get out of that pen, that's when you know that the guy is a vicious guy. And as soon as the chicken tried to go, that's when he realized that this was not the best thing. He's been eating the feed that is compounded. He didn't know there are so many things out there. That chicken has been living under a leash. He didn't know what it means not to live in a fenced environment. As soon as you become born again, what happened is that you have left the prison camp of the enemy. Now you are going out. The enemy says, one of mine is escaping. The devil does not want anybody to escape. And that is why the battle starts. As soon as you become a Christian, all the things that were going on fine before, all of a sudden, hell is unleashed upon the individual. And as a believer, who wants to enjoy the promise of God, you must learn to fight. The Jericho experience is the experience of spiritual warfare. It's the experience of learning to engage in spiritual battle. You must learn to put on the whole armor of God. You must learn to do what it takes to stand and to resist the enemy. And we go through the Jericho experience because you have to learn how to contend with the enemy. You have to learn how to root out and to pull down every strategic stronghold of the enemy. You must learn how to secure and possess your possession. The Bible said that the Lord has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. These blessings will not just fall on your lap. You have to fight for it. You have to possess your possession and you have to secure it. So that it doesn't just come in and go. And that's why you find believers who don't secure, who don't know how to go into spiritual warfare. Today they have victory. Tomorrow they lose that victory. Today they receive a blessing from God. Tomorrow they lose that blessing. And so we say for you to enjoy the lifelong anointing uninterrupted, you must learn how to go through the Jericho experience. So that you can now establish your position in the kingdom and prosper for the things that God has made available unto you. Until there is a contention with the powers of darkness, until you are ready to displace, root out, and pull out all the evil forces that are standing against us, until we are able to have the victory, you'll find that we just keep struggling. We keep fighting. 
Father, that the possession, the promise of the Almighty God might not become a reality in our lives. My brothers and sisters, until we go through the Jericho experience, decisive victory over the enemy will be an illusion. As we round up this anniversary celebration, I'll be sharing with you the fifth and the final experience that is required for believers to be able to enjoy the lifelong anointing that God has promised. And that fifth experience is what I call the Jordan experience. The Jordan experience. Second Kings chapter 2, reading from verse number 4, the Bible says, Elijah said to him, Please stay here for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. We saw earlier in our text that as the time for Elijah's departure came close, the Bible makes us understand that the Lord now sent Elijah unto Jordan. I want you to notice that Elijah never went any of the places that we've seen. He didn't just go to those places by his own volition. He went there according to the leading of the Almighty God. So Elijah went to Jordan. And the Bible tells us that Elijah was telling Elijah, say, stay behind. I mean, after you have told somebody, stay behind. You've told him, stay behind several times. And the guy keeps telling you, no, I'm going to go with you. You will think that Elijah at this point would have figured it out. That is Elijah guy is going to walk with me to the very end. But anyway, he still asked him. Bible said, Elisha said, no, I'm not going to be left behind. I'll keep walking with you. Elisha insisted on following Elijah to Jordan. And like I've always asked, why does he want to go to Jordan? What is so special about Jordan? What's going on in Jordan? Why Jordan? If you want to understand the significance of Jordan, you go to Genesis chapter 13. In Genesis chapter 13, the Bible tells us, Abraham and Lot had been traveling. And as they traveled, the Lord Almighty kept blessing them. They became very rich. In verse number 2, the Bible says Abraham was very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold. And because Lot was associated with Abraham, Lot too became very rich. And that is what tells you something. The people you associate determines how far you go in life. If you associate with the rich, you become rich. If you associate with a poor man, God help you. Lot became associated with Abraham and Lot became very, very rich. And in verse number 6, the Bible says, Now because both of them were so rich, now the land was not able to support them. That is a good problem to have. When you become so rich that you have to break your band and become bigger. Now the land was not able to support them that they might dwell together. For their possession was so great that they could not dwell together. There was strife between the herdsman of Abraham's livestock and the herdsman of Lot's livestock. The Canaanites and the Perizzites then dwell in the land. In other words, because now they have become so big, to avoid trouble, Abraham now called his nephew and said, let us separate. So that you can grow as big as you want, and I can grow as big as I want. And so in verse number 10, the Bible tells us, And Lot lifted up his eyes after Abraham made the suggestion. Lot lifted up his eyes and saw the plains of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as you go towards Zohar. And then Lot chose for himself all the plains of Jordan. That guy must be very selfish. Abraham is the elder brother. At least you behave like a person that is well raised. Somebody say, okay, let's say, Prince, you would have said, oh, God, you are the older one. You choose first. Verse number 11 said, Lord chose for himself all the plains of Jordan. And Lord journeyed east. And they separated from each other. And by the time you get to verse number 14, something interesting happened. The Bible tells us in verse number 14, he said, And the Lord now said to Abraham, look at the next center. He said, after Lord has separated from him. In other words, there are some people that will come into your life that the voice of God will not be heard. As soon as you continue to associate with those people, the voice of the Almighty God will be silent. 
But the Bible says that as soon as Lot left the life of Abraham, the heavens opened. And because the heavens opened, the voice of the Almighty God came unto Abraham. And the Bible says that, that the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot has separated from him, he said, lift up your eyes now. In other words, because Lot has been here, I wouldn't give you the instruction. You could not see anything. He said, but lift up your eyes now. Look from where you are. Northward, southward, eastward, westward. In other words, just look in every direction. This thing is yours. For all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendant forever. The guy thought he picked the best place. Forget it. Just forget it. You should be praying for him. And he eventually prayed for him later. But he said, all the land that you see, I will give to you and your descendant. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth. So that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants, they also could be numbered. Arise and walk in the land through its length and breadth. For I give it to you. In other words, in the spirit realm, Abraham already possessed the place. Lot was just kind of renting the place until Abraham came to take possession. The Lord said, walk through the land. This place is already yours. Then Abraham moved his tent and went and dwelt in the territory of Mamre, which were in Hebron, and built an altar there to the Lord. Again, the question is, why Jordan? What is so special about Jordan? My brothers and sisters, we see Jordan is special because, number one, Jordan is the place of paradox. What do I mean by that? Jordan is a place of combined contradictory features. Jordan is a place of blessing and a place of cursing at the same time. The Bible tells us that Lord lifted up his eyes and saw the plains of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere. Before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, in other words, the place was beautiful. The Bible described Jordan as a well-watered garden. The place was like the garden of the Lord. Good for livestock. Good for everything. But do you notice in that same verse of the scripture, the Bible says that that was the same place that Sodom and Gomorrah was. The same place that was well-watered. The same place that looked like the garden of the Lord. That was the same place that you had Sodom and Gomorrah. And you see, Jordan is special because Jordan is a place where the opportunity is packed full with the dangers of Sodom and Gomorrah. It is a place where you can be made and where you can be destroyed. It's a place where you can receive the double portion of the anointing just like Elisha did. And it's a place also where every one of your possessions that you bring into the land can be destroyed. Jordan is a place where you can receive healing like Naaman and you can receive leprosy like Gehazi. Jordan is a place where you can be baptized and the heavens will be opened over your life just like our Lord Jesus Christ. It is the same place where you can be condemned like the Pharisees who refuse to receive the word of God. The same Jordan, a place of paradox. That's why it's very, very special. And that's why people come to church under the same anointing. Somebody is getting blessed and somebody is getting cursed. Under the same word of God, some people are receiving their healing and so people are receiving damnation upon their head. The same Bible that is moving people forward is the same Bible that is taking some people into captivity. Everything in Jordan is a function of how you relate to Jordan. So Jordan is special because Jordan was a place of opportunity, but Jordan is also a place of judgment. It all depends on the heart that you bring to Jordan. And that's why Elisha wanted to go there. Because he knew 
that as much as Jordan had a paradox, it was also a place where he could receive the double portion. Number two, why is Jordan special? Jordan is special because it's a place of separation. The Bible said that then Lord chose for himself all the plain of Jordan and Lord journeyed east and they separated from each other. It's a place where the Lord Almighty puts a marker, a difference between those who serve him and those who do not. And that's why in Jordan you can see people who are blessed and you can see people who are cursed. You can see people who are anointed and you can see the people who will be watching from afar. It is at Jordan that you see people who are healed and some people receive the curse that has been taken away from the life of other people. It's a place of separation. Number three, Jordan is special because it's a place of renewed spiritual vision. Bible tells us that Jordan was the place where the Lord Almighty has spoken unto Abraham in the past, told him of the things that he was going to do. But when that vision was faded, because Abraham was accompanied by people who killed vision, when that separation took place, the Bible said that the vision of the Almighty God was renewed in the life of Abraham. So Jordan is a place of renewed vision. It was a place that God showed Abraham what his future will look like. It was a place where Elisha saw what was possible when the anointing comes upon your life. It is a place where he saw Elijah ascend into heaven. Jordan is special because that is where the spiritual vision is open. That is where the heavens open of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he was told, this is my beloved in whom I am well pleased. Number four, Jordan is special because it's a place of identification, a place of recognition. Bible tells us in that book of Matthew chapter 3 where Jesus went into Jordan to be baptized of John. After the baptism took place, the Bible said that the heavens were open. The Lord Almighty identified him and said, this is my beloved son. And gave him a public recognition that everybody knew that this was the Messiah that they were waiting for. It is a place where the Lord Almighty was identified to all of humanity as the Savior that was to come. Number five, Jordan is special because Jordan is a place where you make specific demand. A place where you identify what you really want. This was what happened when Elijah told Elijah, he said, tell me what you want before I go. He could have asked him at Jericho. He could have asked him at Bethel. He could have asked him at Gilgal. He didn't do that. He waited until he got to Jordan because Jordan is a place of paradox. A place where you can receive and a place where you can lose everything. It's a place of specific demand. And that is why when you come to your own Jordan, you must know exactly what you want from the Almighty God. Jordan is not a place to vacillate. Jordan is not a place where you are asking questions. Jordan is not a place for distraction. It's a place where you are focused and a place where you make specific demand. It's a place where Elijah said, tell me what you want. And Elisha was able to identify it. Number six, Jordan is special because Jordan is a place of undivided attention, a place of focus. The Bible says that Elijah told Elisha, he said, the specific demands that you have made, that which you are trusting the Lord Almighty for, the only way you are going to get it is when you are focused on me. The only way you can get it is when your attention is not divided. Because when you are here and there, when you are buying and selling, when you keep going up and down, the presence of the Almighty God will come. The wild world will come. It will take Elijah away and you will miss your opportunity. The window will close. And that is why when we come to church and we keep going up and down, it's not to your own advantage. Remember what the Lord Jesus Christ said to Martha and Mary. He said, you are covered about with so many things. He said, but Mary has chosen that which is important. It doesn't mean we don't do what we're supposed to do, but we should know what to do, when to do it, and put priority on our actions. Jordan is a place of undivided attention because those whose attention are divided 
do not get what they want from the Almighty God. You have to be focused on Him. You have to be totally zeroed in on Him, totally locked in on the Almighty God so that you can see when the presence comes. And then finally, Jordan is special because Jordan is a place of release of power. It's a place where the Almighty God decides to unleash His grace upon you. That is where the heavens are open over the life of an individual. That is where the double portion comes. That is where the chariot of fire comes down. Unless you are focused and you are ready, the release of power might be elusive. And that's why Jordan is special. It is a place of double portion. It's a place where the Almighty God releases His hands upon His people. So you see, Elisha insisted on going to Jordan because Elisha understood what Jordan is all about. Elijah understood that the Jordan is a place where you experience divine assurance. He knows that. When you get to Jordan and the heavens are open over your life, there is a divine assurance that follows it. Because you know that God is there with you. Elijah insisted on going to Jordan because he understood that the experience of Jordan is an experience of validation. When the Almighty said, yes, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Why would Elijah give Elijah an opportunity to ask anything? Because Elijah had been faithful. And that was his own way of validating the service of Elijah all through the years. And so Elijah insisted on getting to Jordan because he knew that is the where you get divine validation. That is the place where God announces you to the world. That is the place where God endorses your service and says, This is my beloved. Number three, Elijah insisted on going to Jordan because Elisha understood that the experience of Jordan is the experience of distinction. An experience that sets you apart. I used to tell people, when you meet the Lord, you know. The day you encounter the Lord, you know. When the Lord speaks to you, you know. You know, I normally joke about this thing and I say that when somebody says, I meet the Lord, I met the Lord. If you meet the Lord and nothing changes, there's a problem. It's either you have not met the Lord or you met the wrong one. Because there is no way you will meet Jesus. And something will not change in your life. There is no way you will hear the voice of God. Something will change in your life. Nobody will tell you. You will know. When you are fully in touch with the Spirit of the Almighty God, when the baptism of the Spirit of the Almighty God really falls upon you, you walk as if you are floating. You know it. Something changes in your spirit. Elisha decided to go to Jordan because Elisha understood that the experience of Jordan is an experience of distinction. An experience that says that you are different. They might not be able to put their finger upon it, but they know. Because something changes in your life. And most importantly, Elisha insisted on going to Jordan because Elisha understood that the experience of Jordan is the experience of the release of God's power. It's just like the day of Pentecost on the upper room. When that thing comes upon you, you know. When you are visited, you know. When the Lord Almighty touches you, you know. Something happens. The Bible says that Jesus was walking in the midst of the people. A lot of people around him. People pushing up and down. And somebody touched him. And virtue flowed. And Jesus says, somebody touched me. So are you kidding me? In the midst of all these people? Yes. Because there is a difference. The same thing when the Lord touches you, you know. You will know. Something will change in your life. And Elisha understood that. He knew that when you get to Jordan, there is an experience of release that takes place. And that experience makes all the difference. Elisha understood that Jordan was where you go to experience the outpouring power of the Almighty God. He knows that that is where the doom of power from on high. That is when it falls. And that is why he insisted 
of following Elisha to the very end. The question is, was it necessary for Elijah to go to Jordan? He could have gotten that experience anywhere. But was it necessary for Elisha to go to a place of reassurance, a place of validation, a place of distinction? Was Jordan necessary in the life of Elisha? And is it necessary in your life, in my life? My brothers and sisters, Jordan is necessary for the following reason. Number one, Jordan is necessary because that is where your calling is reassured. Anything you have heard from the Almighty God, you probably heard it on the pulpit, you probably heard it when you were reading. When you get to Jordan, God has a way of reassuring that particular calling. He has a way of renewing that calling and letting you know, what I said to you, I mean it. It's not just a passing comment. That's why Jordan is necessary. To be able to renew that calling upon your life. Number two, to be able to connect you. That is where your connection is tested. Elijah has been working with Elijah all along, doing all this thing. But if you had missed that last connection with Elijah, all his journey would have been a wasted effort. That's why Elijah said, if you see me, you get it. If you don't see me, you have lost the whole thing. You have wasted your time. So Jordan is necessary because Jordan is a place where your connection with the Almighty God is tested. Are you focused on him or are you distracted? Are you running up and down or are you doing what you need to do to get what you want to get in the presence of the Almighty God? Jordan is important because your calling is renewed. Jordan is important because your connection to the Almighty God is tested. Jordan is important because that is where your commission is rooted. Whatever God has called you to do, whatever God has placed upon your heart, that is where it is rooted. If you do anything, you find your way back to that spot. Because that is where the whole thing started. For Elisha, Jordan was the place where he started. And you will notice as soon as that particular mantle fell, the Bible says that this man took his own clothes, tore it to pieces, and now took the mantle of Elijah and placed it upon himself. Telling him that, yes, this is where I'm starting from. This is where I have been anointed as a prophet to the nation. So Jordan is necessary because that is where your commission is rooted. Jordan is necessary because that is where your conviction is strengthened. Whatever faith you have in the Almighty God, until that faith is tested, he's just talking. You know, preachers are very good at saying, ah, if they see somebody who is believing, say, ah, uh, sorry, oh, the Lord will help you. Let the something happen to the preacher. That's when you know whether the preacher believes what he's preaching or not. It's easy for you to stand here and say all the things that we're saying here. It's very easy. But the question is that when you have to live the reality of what you are preaching, that's when we know whether you have the conviction or not. Elijah said, if you see me, then you have what you are asking for. The Bible said he saw him, the mantle dropped. Elijah took the mantle and Elijah wanted to confirm that the anointing of Elijah was upon his life. The Bible said he took that same mantle and did exactly what his master did. Took that mantle, struck Jordan and said, where's the Lord God of Elijah? In other words, I want to see if this thing is really true. I want to see if this particular conviction is true. What I have believed, what I've been walking with, what I've been following Elijah for all these years. Let's see if it works. And that is where his conviction was strengthened. Because he took the same mantle that fell from the hand of his master and tested it out on that water. And the Bible said the same thing that happened to Elijah happened to him. The Jordan parted. And then not only that, Jordan is necessary because that is where your command is established. What do I mean by command? You will notice the Bible says that the sons of the prophets, they were watching Elijah and Elisha as they were going from afar. 
Eventually, when there was a transfer of power, the Bible tells us in verse number 15, it said, now when the same sons of prophets who were watching, who were mocking Elisha when he was going, when he was telling him, your master will be taken away. The Bible said, when those same sons of prophets who were from Jericho saw him, they said, now we know the spirit of Elijah is now upon Elisha. And see what they did next? In the same verse of the scripture, the Bible said, they came to meet him, Elisha, that they were mocking before. The Bible said they bowed to the ground before him. In other words, Elisha was established as a prophet to the nation right there, right now. So I tell you, my brothers and sisters, Jordan is necessary because that is where your spiritual command, your calling, your authority in the word of God, that is where it is established because that is where the Lord put a seal over your life. That is why it is necessary for you to have the Jordan experience. That was why Elisha craved the Jordan experience because he needed the security of his calling. He needed to understand the commission that the Lord has given to him. He needed to root it somewhere. He understood all that. And that's why he went there. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.